Come with us to California as we speed... Th- fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Come with us to California as we speed through the streets of San Francisco to a um, children's beauty pageant. We're talking Bullet and Little Miss Sunshine on episode 51 of Have You Seen? Yes, indeed. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 51 of Have You Seen? We're not actually in California. No. We are in the upbeat studio, as usual. Yeah. I am... Deepest, darkest London. That is um, the voice of Tom Bullet Webb, and I guess I'm <laughs> Kieran Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> if ever there was an apt nickname. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, they're the movies we're doing. Yeah. The, as usual on this show, you couldn't get to much more different films. <laughs> no, no. And we've reviewed them. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess we're going in chronological chronological chron- order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I am not really done a number in this week, isn't it? I believe me. I, amazingly, I'm not drunk. <laughs> Although one week I probably should try and do the podcast half cut. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll do bullet first. Yeah, let's do bullet. Chronological first. order is the yeah. uh, phrase I was looking for. Okay. Uh, I might not be drunk. I am a bit warm, so okay. I'm going to take my top off, not my whole top <laughs> off, my hoodie off, while Tom recaps right, the okay. plot of bullet. Yeah, I'll recap. I may include a few spoilers uh, that I didn't include last time in this recap. Um, so They're not really going to be news to me because I'm well, I know, it. I know, but I'm just warning people. Um. So, uh, bullet is the story of Frank Bullet, who's a San Francisco cop, um, and he's put in charge of babysitting a mob boss who has come to San Francisco to turn evidence against his brother and his family uh, and all of their crime doings. Um, so Robert Vaughan is the sleazy district attorney and he's tasked Bullet with babysitting this guy at a hotel. Um, unfortunately, there's a hit the guy goes into hospital and Bullet tries to figure out who did the hit, why did it happen, and then the guy dies and then he has to kind of fend off the DA while he's trying to solve the case and figure out what's going on and then there's kind of a weird twist at the end. Um, uh, The thing most people will know Bullet for is the iconic car chase, often vaunted as the greatest movie car chase of all time. but I thought, but I really like the the movie as a whole. I originally, obviously, got into it because of the car chase because I love my car chases, um, and it is probably one of the standout sequences. But um, I just really enjoy the story. I love the style of it. I think it's really kind of cool, and you know, Steve McQueen is king of cool, as you'd expect. Um, and there's a rather crazy chase sequence through an airport at the end as well, uh, which often gets overlooked. So anyway, what did you think of it? I think you've described a far better movie than the one I saw. Right, okay. I'm almost quite annoyed that I didn't like it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if you would, but no, I mean, it's one of those things, I love it so much that I, you know... Yeah, you said it would be water off a duck's back if yeah, I ripped exactly. it to pieces. Yeah, because um, I, know, I know lots of people find it boring. I, note number four, I'm trying, but this is so dull. Yeah, yeah. It's that so is boring. Bit, that's one of the main complaints, is it? Because yeah. it, it, apart from the car chase and the, the chase at the end, the airport, it, it is quite slow and, you know. It is. It's so slow and uninteresting that I missed the twist and had to rewind. 
Yeah, I mean, I did the first couple of times I watched it. I didn't. I just like, oh, I don't get how this has happened. No, how is this I guy just, alive again? Exactly. Yeah, and he's not. No, no, he's not. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't think if that was explained particularly well. No, no, that's why it took me several several viewings, and I think you have to really, really pay attention mm. to get what has actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't. Do you want to try and explain what actually happened? Yeah, we'll, so, we're going full spoilers. We yeah, do this. Yeah. For so basically, um, like I said, that they're. they're babysitting this guy but what they don't realize is the mob boss has paid this used cars salesman who happens to be like his spitting image um i think i can't remember if there is or not but i think there's an implication that they, there's a bit of surgery involved to make him look even more like him um wow so, i really didn't pick up on no, that I, may, I, I might have made that up i don't know um but the so basically uh the mob boss whose name is johnny ross gets this car dealer um to effectively pose as him mm. and tells him at some point some people will come and get you. Mm. What he doesn't tell him is that they're actually going to shoot him. And the idea is that he's set up his own death. He's mm. faking his own death so he can escape to Rome, I think it is, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, so basically you kind of get to the, the, the point of the film where you know that Johnny Ross is dead, or at least you think he does. Yeah. Bullet thinks he does, and the DA finds out he does, and it kind of all fall, or the case is about to all fall through. Then suddenly it becomes apparent, no, he's not dead, mm. or there's something odd going See, on. See, I can't even remember how it became apparent that he wasn't dead. Because they were going through... Um, it's to do with this... Basically, it's to do with the suitcase. They go through... That's right, yeah. There's a long scene of... They they, they, ba yeah, they basically yeah. find out that um, they they find out that he's going to go to he he's planning to leave uh, hedges bets and go to Rome or what mm -hmm. have you and they discover that there's this guy called Albert Rennick and that's who was shot at the hotel yeah, yeah. not Johnny Ross and it's yeah it mm. is quite convoluted and, and like there are a few scenes where it's like if you if you if your concentration lapsed in that particular scene then you'd be clueless for a yeah. whole chunk well, of other I, stuff it's what I've written at the end is everything is too understated I'm not yeah. suggesting signpost but there's yeah like I said the big twist completely passed me by um, yeah and I was like what the hell is going yeah I mean how did the, yeah. how is this no, no, actually, no. Not how has this man come back from the dead? I'd forgotten that he died. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, he's off to the airport. Who was that guy in the ambulance then? I'm sure somebody died. Oh, shit, hang on, I need to rewind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, It's not entirely without merit. Right. Um, I started off enjoying it. The opening title sequence, as you said, yeah. is really good. Yeah, I do love that. Sets it up really well. Yeah. And it's quite stylish. And I was sitting there trying to work out how you'd replicate it in After Effects today. Me too. And I've yeah. tried oh, previously. Yeah, yeah. To, to some degrees of success. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the some very cool opening titles. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, uh, there's some really good camera work and mm. all kinds of business. Um, oh, Jesus, what have I? <laughs> yeah, but just overall, it's quite dull. And I've seen yeah. the car chase so many times that that's not interesting anymore right, either. Right. Um, and I'm not the car nut that you. No, are. No, no, exactly. So yeah. it doesn't. I've not bothered about the roar of the V8 as yeah. they pass the Green Beetle for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I can't read my own bloody notes <laughs> again. I don't think I've ever seen Robert Vaughan yeah. in anything other than a three-piece suit. No, you're probably right. No, I uh, he was in. I think he was in some. Oh, he wasn't he in um, 
Is it? Was he one of the Magnificent Seven? I don't know. I think he might have been. So you might get to see him in a cowboy oh, okay. outfit. Okay, awesome. I think, I think Robert Vaughan was one of the Magnificent Seven. I should know that, really. But yeah, but I'm just thinking like Man from Uncle and... Yeah, no, absolutely. I've yeah, all, yeah. only ever yeah. seen him like immaculately turned out. And, yeah. so, and he never aged either. No, no, exactly the um, same. Steve McQueen may be the first person I've ever seen lock their car on screen. Oh, really? Because it never happens <laughs> no, in movies or TV. No, And he gets no. out and he very pointedly gets out his keys and locks the <laughs> yeah, door of that yeah. Mustang. Well, you would, like, wouldn't you? shit, I need that for the car chase yeah. later. Oh, it's a beautiful car. You wouldn't want yeah. to... Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it just looked it looked nice, but there was just there was so little going on. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I mean, like I said, I f- I used to find it quite dull, and then mm. then kind of one day the story just clicked, and I and it, I kind of really got into it. I imagine the book would be great. It is actually I've got it. Yeah, um, but I, I, for some reason it, I don't know, it just didn't translate onto film. The um the book is quite um a bit more condensed, and it is a bit clearer, and there's some there's some things are slightly changed. Yeah, and it's not. Um, it's a bit more crime procedural. They've taken out. Obviously, there's no car chase, and uh, yeah, I'm not even sure there's the chase at the, the bit of the airport at the end. Speaking of which, mm. even if those passenger jets weren't live and yeah, like, yeah. full of actual passengers, there are bits of that that would, would still be insane. Yeah, I know. That's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, they get think- so close to those planes. Yeah. The bits where they're laying down underneath yeah. the jets as they. Yeah, go over. Uh, Steve like McQu- actually Steve McQueen lying yeah, under Steve a jet Steve McQueen plane. actually got burns and I think he got a broken rib from when the the jet wash that came out of the jet engine actually lifted him off the ground Jeez. by about a foot and then slammed him back down into the tarmac again. And uh, yeah, I mean, because obviously for people who haven't seen it, they're, they're basically running across the runways. Yeah. Of a live airport with genuine passenger jets, and there's a bit where one passenger jet is just taxiing and mm. getting ready to take off, and Steve McQueen just ends up having nowhere to go, and he just has to lie down yeah. and let it take off over him. Yeah, and it, yeah, some of it is absolutely insane, which they quite obviously do twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just to make sure yeah. they got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I, again, that was the bit because often you know I'd I'd watch it to the car chase and switch it off. Yeah, because you know when I hadn't engaged with the plot, yeah. and I, so I, I for years I didn't really think about that and just watching it every time I kind of like bloody hell that's a bit yeah they you know. they do some crazy stuff yeah um, has Robert Duvall ever had hair I don't know <laughs> that was I think that was one of his first roles wasn't it yeah and, and uh, he was Boo Radley in To Kill a Mockingbird the mm. Gregory Peck version I think yeah but yeah no it, that's weird when he turns up because you think of he's Robert been... Duvall as this massive like you know star huge yeah. actor and he's just a cab driver, taxi driver. Yeah. yeah yeah it looks exactly the same it took me ages to figure out what Chalmers, Robert Vaughan's character's job was. Right. Because, like, well, he's not a cop and no, he's, he's not this. And he's, he's a not DA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somewhat political aspirations, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the district attorney, he's, he's kind of, you know, it's yeah. for the city, it's his record as for crime rates and all that kind of stuff. Um, And who wrote Jacqueline Bissett's breakup scene dialogue? Oh, I don't know. She has very little to do in that film. She other does, than yeah. Sit here, look pretty. Yeah. yeah. Which she does very well. But yeah, yeah. I think that I think oh, she's a terrible actress. Yeah, well, she was in 1968. Yeah, anyway, or, or, yeah. Um, I think I don't know why. I don't know why she was cast particularly. It seems a bit out of place. Steve McQueen wanted to do her. Well, possibly. That's the usual probably, reason for yeah. the leading lady being cast. Yeah, but she. I mean, because you know, she seems quite out of place. Being sorry if that seems harsh, but welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, she's middle class English. Yeah. Woman. It seems odd that his character would go out with a middle class English act. Uh, she's an artist, isn't she? Uh, she's an architect. Architect? Oh. Uh, well, certainly something to do with architecture. Oh, man. See? 
Because there's that whole... that too. Well, there's a scene where she, she's working on a fountain in an architect's office and, and she uh, gets him to go through, figure out what pipe she needs for the fountain yeah, yeah, to work. Yeah. And that, you know, so it's... I, f- I figured that was for an art installation. Uh, I did, maybe did it was. Not, it maybe. I, not... I always just assumed she was part of an, like an architect company. I don't, I don't know why. Um, Women didn't do that sort of thing in the 60s. Well, yeah, I guess not. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't like I say she does seem a little bit miscast, but mm. I kind of because you kind of get the impression that Bullet wants to be more than just the tough cop. He kind of he kind of has aspirations of something a bit better than mm. that, you know, a bit more intellectual than that. Maybe um, as we usually do, I went through IMDb looking for hilarious reviews, yeah, yeah. written by idiots on the internet, yeah, um, and I couldn't find any for Bullet because even even the uh, people that don't like it wrote pretty eloquently. Yeah, yeah. But I, I found one paragraph in a review that I think I read it and I thought, oh yeah, that that seems about right. That pretty much feels the way I feel about it. Okay. And it says overall, it seems like the pilot episode of a TV series that I never saw, rather than a movie that was meant to stand for itself, as there is so much suggestion of the characters being more complicated than we actually see during the film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can kind of see what you mean by that. It did. I mean, it effectively gave birth to the streets of San Francisco, along with Dirty Harry. Yeah. Um, so effectively, there was a TV series. Which I think in I, the I, think same I way. preferred Dirty Harry. Oh, yeah. And that's not like a political bent thing. No, I'm much no, not more at a all. bullet I, than a Harry. But yeah, I can it, I can see why you because I love both of them. Yeah, I absolutely. Love I think both Dirty them. Harry just hangs together better as a yeah. film, and it's got it's got it's more consistent action, and there's more direct attitude there like there's no nonsense with dirty harry he's, he's and he's fun like he he's funny yeah. and he's whereas with bullet it's a bit more brooding and a bit more dark oh, I, do, a bit. See, I don't i don't mind that so much i just felt everything was slow and muddy is the best way i can describe yeah, okay, it that's fair that's fair um i also look for hilarious titles as yeah. usual um hungry mm. could not decide right what to call this film <laughs> right it was called both the Chicago Show, right, and San Francisco Cop. Uh, whereas Turkey decided just to call it Gangsters Fate. Right, oh, that's fair enough. Most places it was just called Bullet. Bullet, yeah, because that was easier. Yeah, um, that was pretty much what I was expecting you to come away from that. Yeah, with, you know. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I'm sort I'm sort of annoyed that I didn't like it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. It took me a lot to like this film, and I'll readily admit that. You know, see, I don't want to have to work like no, that. No, exactly. But I mean, I always loved it. <laughs> Maybe I'm just lazy. For me, it was because I loved the car chase. Yeah, yeah. It was like, and then I was kind of, like, I'd watch it and I'd watch a bit more of it. I'd watch a little bit more of it. And then I started to appreciate the style of it. And mm. because I like things like the Ipcris file so much, I think they've got, they're quite common in film. style. Like yeah, but they've both kind of got that, that 60s style in, you know, there's some interesting shot choices that you wouldn't necessarily think of and there's some kind of you know it's definitely it's definitely obvious that it's not directed by a Hollywood director of the era exactly yeah yeah uh, I need to go Peter back Peter Himes on, isn't it no is it's Peter Yates Peter Yates why did I say Himes I don't, I don't know, know. I need Peter to, Yates I, I, know I need yeah. to go and watch the um, the one he did that got him the job Robbery because yeah. I own it and I, mm. I've watched the car chase from that but I haven't watched the rest of yeah, the movie yeah. so. um no, he he does bring a definite different different mm. style to absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, should we move on? Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I made Tom watch Little Miss Sunshine. Yes. Um, 
I got the tough cop movie, and he yeah. got the one about the plain girl going to a beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, briefly recap: um, it's uh, the dysfunctional Hoover family from New Mexico uh, all pack into their yellow VW camper van and take this uh, plain Jane seven-year-old girl to California for a beauty pageant that she's accidentally ended up getting into. Yeah. After first place in the regional heat dies or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, no, she was taking diet pills. Oh. That was See, the reason she oh, got she got go. disqualified for for diet pills. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all communicating quite a muffled um, phone answer phone message yeah. earlier, isn't it? Um, and the reasons I like it are mostly through uh, the the characters and the actors and their performances, rather mm-hmm. than I think the story. Yeah. I just engaged with it on that level. Yeah. I thought they were kind of like a very believable yet dysfunctional family unit, and I guess we'll talk about them as mm-hmm. we go on. But overall, how did this grab you? I really loved it, actually. I really, Excellent. really enjoyed it. Um, I think you're right. Um, I watched it with my wife, and we were both just completely sucked into it. And it, it seems you've got all of these characters who are all, like you say, really dysfunctional in their own way, and in a, in a way quite kind of far gone in their dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're quite they're quite far down the road of being weird. Mm. And you'd kind of imagine that if you had more than one character like that in any one film, it would be a bit unbelievable. Yet this hangs together, and you you just like you just buy it completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really I think again the performances are what really sell it, and I particularly liked uh, Steve Carell and Paul Dano. Interesting, because the uh, ones I picked were. Um Alan Arkin, he has the mm. showy role, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and but I really like Greg Kinnear in this. Yeah, and I there do are bits, as especially well, yeah. at the beginning mm. when uh, before they set off on the trip. Yes. Where he's, I think he's really good, and I um I completely buy him as the father of that family. No, absolutely. I know. I think they're all really, really good. But what I think, what what I think is, if you look at um him, uh, Greg Kinnear, and uh, oh god, uh, Tony Collette. Yes. Uh, they kind of they've got almost the straightest dramatic roles. Yeah. Uh, which they br- they're very very good at. Yeah. But for you know they've got their kind of quirks, but they're not the ones that have the quirks pushed as far as the others. Yeah. So, but for example, where you've got Carell and Dano who have mm. got quite unusual backgrounds and, mm. and and quirks to portray yet they never make them unbelievable which is why i particularly yes. they, yeah, yeah they are very good i, I thought uh, i did think steve crow was very good as yeah as a not in a mostly non-comedic role exactly the, uh, one of my favorite his run him. at the end yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant it is brilliant that is one of the things it's I've like it's, it's very it's a very small thing because yeah. he's uh his character is coming coming to terms with a, like a newfound homosexuality yeah um and he's essentially tried to kill himself because the boy he loved didn't love him back. Um, And the man he fell in love with is... His his main rival. His main rival in his career. The the number two Proustian scholar in the United States. Yeah, exactly. But he's never... He's never camp. No. He's never... He's never flamboyant. Uh, He's... You would... He's, you're never hit over the head with he's gay, he's gay, no, he's gay, no. and then he runs, and it's like a tiny little. Th- it yeah. sounds awful me saying it, but you see him run, and you think, oh, that character's gay. Right. I just does that I, make any no, sense? No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's a very. Gonna, fun- we're going to get letters. Yeah, it's a very funny run, <laughs> which, which in turn makes me think of Mickey Blue Eyes. Yes, but um, <laughs> the um, 
Yeah, no, I just thought everything about it. One of my favourite scenes is where he goes, he's going into the gas station and he says to Alan Arkin, do you want anything? He's like, yeah, buy me porn. Yeah. And then he's like, I want really nasty. And he's yeah. like, so he goes in. Treat yourself to uh, a fag mag while you're in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's, th- that whole scene where he's buying porn and then bumps into the guy that he fell in love yes. with. Uh, that whole bit was brilliantly played because you could have, you know, imagine if it had been Jim Carrey doing that, it would have been really over the top. Yeah. But it wasn't. He kind of mm. just really pulled it down and kept it. You know, kept it right on the the level. I think Paul Dano is just the the silent emo kid, mm. brilliant. You know, even just his t shirts like Jesus was wrong yeah. <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. It's just, you know, he he had that that absolutely down. Mm. And um, yeah, like I said, I think they were all brilliant. I think actually, while we're talking about Paul Dano, I actually think my favourite scene in the film is when he discovers he's colourblind and he's not going to be able yeah. to fly jets. Yeah, yeah, I really like that bit. Yeah. Uh, it's really it's really weird because that should be i don't know i I, i'm trying to work out how to describe my feelings about that scene without sounding like a complete idiot to me it's that's the scene you should be really sad but to me it's a really exciting scene does that make any sense i don't feel sad when i watch it no, no, I know but, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Because you like the aftermath of it as well. Yeah, where they're all trying to talk him. He like he goes crazy and like smashes up the inside of the van. They let him run out and he starts. Yeah. his first word is "fuck." Really yeah, loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and they all go down. The, they take turns trying to like talk him out of it and come yeah, back. Yeah, but it's just the girl putting they send his the arm girl around down. Her. No words. puts his puts her arm around him. And he just yeah. says, oh, "Okay," and comes back comes and they back. carry on on the trip. Yeah, yeah. No, I I really like that scene. And one of the reasons I like it is because. You know, there are sometimes there are scenes in films where you go, oh, that's a bit, that's been a bit convoluted to get to that point. And it's like, oh, well, well, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit on the nose or it was a bit kind of engineered. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But with this, I felt that it was a very clever way of revealing that fact without it being really engineered it's just a kid playing a game in a car exactly on a long journey yeah 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 and and the reason she's got the colorblind chart is because they've been to the hospital because of alan arkin yeah um which i was surprised because you know obviously spoilers 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 but he dies yeah and i was really surprised that he died that because it was for me at that point there was so much more mileage out of his character Mm. um i was trying to work out if they could have actually had him die at and a later point in the film, but still accomplish everything else they need to afterwards. And I'm not sure they could really. Um, I just mm. thought it was a real shame that he was no longer, because you know you would have loved to have seen his character at the at the pageant or in the the run up to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, the the thing that I that really kind of freaked me out the most was just the beauty pageant itself and oh, yeah. the little kids. In, it's just it's oh, just but that's horrifying. Real. I know it's that real. Stuff's real. That goes on, and it horrifies me. I yeah. mean, just and the, I think that's part of the point. It's yeah, supposed absolutely. to, and it horrifies them. And it, yeah. you get there, and this family of weirdos get there, and they're the normal ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you just see these little girls that look like they're dolls, yeah. and they look dead behind the eyes, and they're like four years old, and it's just creepy and weird yeah really just creepy um yeah but i mean that's uh oh, my only kind of last real note is the fact that uh olive's dance couldn't have been any better there no. could not have been a better visual representation of her grandfather than the dance no. that she no. does which no. is essentially he's really taught her a stripper strip- routine yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. because i guess that's the dancing <laughs> he knows yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. And and again, that that is handled really, really well because you're sitting there watching it knowing that she's doing effectively doing a striptease. Mm. But you're kind of rooting for her but without it being weird. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but it is kind of awkward because the family, it's dawning on, you're seeing it dawn on them yeah, yeah. and they're trying to work out how they can hope it doesn't go too far or, yeah, yeah. or what's going to happen next. And so, yeah, it was kind of, yeah. I, I thought it was really, really good and well worth watching. Excellent. Uh, the only person we haven't mentioned is the one I said that today would be a superstar cameo, but back then was just a guy filling a role. Yeah. It was Brian Cranston showing up. As, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, he's the guy that's supposed to be selling Kinnear's nine like, step, nine step motivational should, system for him and yeah. essentially making a massive hash of it. Yeah. 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 No, he, I, he's, he's, he always kind of uh, brings a bit of, interest to the screen i think there was a great thing there was a great thing i read online the other day it was what if at the end of breaking mm. bad uh brian Cranston is picked up dumped in witness protection and that's the beginning of malcolm in the middle i saw that that's i thought that brilliant. was a, such an amazing idea <laughs> um only uh one funny title for mm. little miss sunshine Everywhere just called it Little Miss Sunshine or Little Miss America. Right. Uh, Portugal decided to go with a family on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Both very apt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I found some... There were, This film really divides people. I, I spoke to someone recently who went... Who was like, how could you... How do you like that film? Yeah. It's like... It's, she's, like, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. And then proceeded to tell me pretty much everything about it so it had obviously made an impression yeah yeah i i you often get with kind of quirky independent films like Mm. this you get you get a real distinct divide people love it and get it or they hate it and just you know vilify it and i think that um one of the ones i remember when i uh, worked in the video shop there was a really distinct divide about napoleon dynamite yeah. People either absolutely loved it and really got it, or they absolutely hated it. Mm. And I think it's that kind of when you've got an independent film like this, you mm. can go for that kind of you can go for that quirky niche audience that you know that mm. ten to fifteen percent of the people that watch it will love this. The other seventy five percent might hate it, but the people that love it really love it. You need to work on your maths. Yeah, I know. I can't remember what I just said. I just sang numbers. <laughs> I think it adds up to that, like 85 or 90% fine, fine. of the 100% of people you're looking for. I guess the other 10% haven't seen it. What did I say? 15. So I should have said... Yeah, 15 and 75. So it should be 15. 15 and 85. Yeah, all right, fine. Welcome to the math section of the yeah. podcast. Um, the one-star reviews. On the positive side, the cinematography was superb with excellent panning shots and single-camera multiple view scenes. I don't no, know what that means. No. And the acting was at least of average quality. <laughs> right. All in caps. Uh-oh. Lean back a bit. Yeah. To describe this film as funny is stretching the truth way too far. A mildly amusing ending didn't make up for the hour or more of tedium. I only sat through the film as my cat was asleep on my knee and I couldn't reach the off button. <laughs> <laughs> the zany characters and presentation of stages of human development and relationships was entertaining and light. However, the entertainment ended for me when the film got into the realms of the pageant, which I found verging on the obscene. This part ruined the film for me and left me feeling confused and disturbed. <laughs> I think it's supposed to, though. Angry from Tubbridge Wells. Yeah. Okay. This is a spelling mistake classic, so... Oh, God. I did not coos to watch this film, but I was made to, and I'm not writing here to say that I'm glad I was made to watch it. That was one of the most boring and pointless films I have ever seen. I'm going to read every typo as they are. 
The concept looked kind of funny, but it was bo- but it was a boring drama that does appeal to some people, but definitely not me. I was very bored. The story and puns were silly and not that funny. However, you may have noticed that the two stars review doesn't quite match my terrible review. Well, once you get to the last 20 minutes, you do laugh quite a bit. Even though I didn't want to give my family the satisfaction, it was a funny and good ending. <laughs> I'm not going to say do not watch it. I'm just wanting to say that it is a drama, and except for the finale, I wouldn't class it as much of a comoedy. I will also say that don't make teenagers such as myself watch because it is mainly, if at all, a comedy for adults. So watch it if you fancy it. But if you really do not, if you don't. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, internet. How I love you. Right. What are we doing for next week, then? What you got? Do I need to pitch you first? Go on, then. Um, Well, there's a film that I really want to pitch you that I actually haven't seen. Wait, what? But I'm not going to pitch it to you because I can get hold of a copy of it. Right. Um, and I'm trying to track it down. And then... <laughs> so I get the second choice. No. Then we had a conversation about a movie I did happen to watch at the weekend and you hadn't seen it. And I thought, oh, brilliant, I can pitch you that. Right. And then something happened. Uh-oh. Uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the podcast. Oh, uh, well, kind of. It wasn't that funny, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it does make this... It will make this incredibly topical, which we very rarely get to do. Okay. So I'm going to pitch you a documentary okay, uh, called South of the Border. Okay. Which is Oliver Stone's documentary primarily about Hugo Chavez. We met the man for this film. We spent a day with we him, did, didn't we? We did, exactly. And what was really weird was um, our friends over at the Red Herring podcast were plugging their latest episode on the, their Facebook page and it happened to say that they were doing uh, loads of stuff on Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. So I related a story... Uh, about our experience at that junket. And the number of concussions you got just throughout that day. I, I didn't relate that bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very odd day because I oh, kept banging my head on some lights, which yes. m- genuinely left me woozy and slightly concussed. <laughs> and, <laughs> I think I counted 16 times. I, know, I hit my I, head once I and learned my lesson. Tommy yeah. said 16 times. And then at the end, we, sh- we shot all these interviews uh, with Oliver Stone. And at the end of it... Uh, <laughs> we'd been talking about what our company does and he suggested to us quite randomly that we should try getting our stuff into North Korea. I don't know if you remember that bit. Vaguely, Vaguely, yes. yeah. So we ended the day with him getting up and saying goodbye and I think he shook your hand and said yeah. goodbye and he shook somebody else's hand goodbye. Then he slapped me on the nipple and said, good job, buddy, remember North Korea. And walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and I related some of that story to, to Trevor on the thing. Yeah. And within hours of me putting that, mm. Chavez had died <laughs> and saying, you know, you should watch this documentary because it's quite interesting. Right. Um, so are you suggesting that you have killed, you <laughs> killed Hugo Chavez? No, but Trevor did. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, to which I replied, I ain't done nothing, Gov. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was kind of weird. And then I thought... I actually really, because I watched the documentary subsequent from doing those interviews, because mm-hmm. I actually found it quite interesting. Um, so I decided to see if I could get hold of a copy of that, and I have. Um, it's also on Netflix streaming at the moment, yes, I noticed. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, South America seems to have this kind of interesting attitude towards politics in in the way that most of them are Vote led- for your own dictator. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. And it's it's always very difficult to say, are these people dictators or not? Yeah. Now, Venezuela in particular has masses and masses and masses amounts of oil, which is a big cause of 
consternation between Venezuela and the United States. So Chavez and Venezuela are often kind of really it's difficult to say, difficult to describe but the 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 american press particularly the republican press just paint him as a complete devil incarnate mm-hmm. and they really go after him and he has some unsavory or had some unsavory relationships particularly with places like cuba and iran which mm-hmm. obviously really didn't go down well in the, in the states um but to kind of give you an idea about venezuela's oil situation uh it was quite recently on the bbc website they had a thing about um are you paying too much for your petrol or diesel in your area? Mm-hmm. So I filled it in and did a little thing, and it it, it worked out. I was paying uh, seventy, that's seven zero pounds, mm. or seventy seventy pounds and fifty five pence to fill my car with diesel mm. at the time. All right, um, and I was paying on average about forty five pence more than the rest of the country for mm-hmm. the tank of diesel. That's simply because you know that's about fifty liters. Uh, of of diesel mm-hmm. or thereabouts, maybe a bit more. Um, and then it proceeded to tell you how much that would cost in other countries, in places like Europe. And I mm-hmm. think I think Italy was the only place it was more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, I should say to our foreign listeners, the reason why diesel and petrol are so expensive is because we have none of our own. We have a little bit in the North Sea, and we have natural gas, but mm-hmm. we don't have any oil, so it's all shipped in from the Middle East. Um, and, and then the government smacks taxes yeah, all over. Exactly. It. Yeah. yeah, I think I think uh, it's the tax on diesel is something like seventy percent. Um, hmm. But what really intrigued me was if I was to fill up my car with diesel in Venezuela, it would have cost me just the fifty-five p. <laughs> because the, it's so it's subsidised so much, and mm. just, they've just got such an abundance of the stuff that mm. it's just it's you know it's like water. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's kind of this massive political issue there and Oliver Stone was intrigued by the way he this guy particularly Chavez is portrayed and you know some of the other leaders as well so he decided to go and not necessarily promote his view or do anything like that he just went to to meet him in his view and basically said to him I'm going to make a film and this is your forum to tell America what you're actually like and who you really are and give a counterbalance to all those horrible Fox News reports and mm. all of this kind of stuff. Um, so it's really kind of interesting because he, because Oliver Stone just goes there and lets people talk about themselves. He doesn't kind of, he doesn't. There's no kind of real voiceover forcing their views on you. It's mm. not like a Michael Moore documentary where there's a really definite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a real definite attitude he wants you to leave the cinema with. Um, Oliver Stone, and he said in the interviews that we shot, it was more about just giving a, a some, giving a forum for someone to give a balanced counter argument so everyone can have a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, it's an interesting documentary because mm-hmm. I mean I don't really know a huge amount about South American politics because um, it doesn't really affect my day to day life. No, not really. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of an interesting documentary. There are some quite stunning moments in it where you see how he's portrayed mm. some odd revelations and there are some really strange jokes that he makes and to the point okay. where Oliver Stone is like you really shouldn't make jokes like that <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm just interested to see what you think and okay. I just kind of figured it's a chance for us to be topical which we, we never are wow yeah exactly you know um, I say quite often on this show yeah. um 
I struggle with what to pitch you. Yeah. Because you you pretty much own every DVD I own. <laughs> yeah. Um you spend more time watching movies I than I do in general. Yeah. Um and then sometimes they come I come across what I can only call gaps in your film education. Yeah, absolutely. That I assume like everybody of our generation has seen. Yeah. Um it was like that with Labyrinth. I assume yeah, exactly. that, that yeah. to me goes along with Ghostbusters and Gremlins and Back to the Future. It's something you must have watched right. yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was going to have a hard time after, you know, I thought I was going to have a hard time finding something for you to do. And then I remembered four words you said last week <laughs> yeah. that made this really, really easy. Right. When you said, I've never seen Highlander. No. <laughs> so I'm getting... You're getting Highlander. <laughs> right. This... Um, yeah, it, uh, among my circle of school friends, mm. it's still quoted to this day. Oh, it's really? a, it's, yeah, it's a big thing. Right. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me try and let me try and I'm rubbish at this. <laughs> <laughs> you're, having ginger, a, you're having a real weird day today. I you? am. Yeah. The ginger beers um, <laughs> <What? laughs> kills me. Apparently, <laughs> bloody hell. Yes, Highlander. Right. 1986. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christopher Lambert. Right. Uh, this is the film that kind of launched him into mediocrity. Right. Um, he is... I don't know. How do I explain the story? Did I write the story anywhere? Hold on. I've got two right. pages of notes. Did I write the story anywhere? I know it's something to do with swords and kind of time travel. Well, you got half of that, right? Okay. It's quite a lot of swords. Okay. Um, is there lightning involved? There's a little bit of lightning. Is it bad 80s lightning? Oh, of course. Excellent. It's part of the charm. <laughs> um... Uh, Christopher Lambert plays uh, a man called Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Right. Um, oh, is he? Is he at this point? Is he Christopher Lambert or Christoph Lambert? No, he's Christopher Lambert because right, okay, this fine. is this is America. Right. Fine. Yeah. Um, he's also uh, he's Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Right. In sixteenth uh, century Scotland. Right. He's also Russell Russell Nash, antique dealer in nineteen eighty five New York. Okay. These two men are the same, but right. he's immortal. Okay. Uh, immortals are a race that um, they are born of two human parents. Right. They cannot have children of their own. Mm. They discover they're immortal at the moment of quote unquote death. Right. So the can, first time they uh, so the first time so the first time they die, that's when they find out they're immortal. Right. Um, and they can only actually be killed by having their heads cut off. Do they reincarnate or do they? Nope. They just carry on. They just carry. They on. just okay. carry on. Right. Okay. Make sense so far? Vaguely. Okay. There are only f a few immortals left. Uh-huh. Uh, and because there, there are so few left, mm -hmm. uh, what has what is called the gathering has begun. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are all, the few that are left are converging on one point, which just happens to be New York City. All oh, right. Obviously. As is the case in yeah. many of these movies. Yeah. Um, where they will fight until there is only one left. Uh-huh. Uh, and he will receive what they call the prize. So what? Hang on. If there's only a few of them left, why are they all fighting? They just are. It's right. just in their <laughs> right. makeup. Immortals, right. Just, right. Immortals kill each other by cutting each other's heads <laughs> right. off. Right. That's all you need to know. Okay, right. <clears throat> Not only is Christopher Lambert in this movie as your yeah. lead, uh, the villain mm. uh, is Clancy Brown, who showed up in John Dies at the End. Right. Um, he's the Kurgan. He's huge. Uh, he looks scary as hell, and he has an amazing voice. Right. Um, and then there's Sean Connery. 
Okay. Who plays Ramirez. Yeah. He's an Egyptian with a Spanish name and a Scottish accent. Right. He is uh, the mentor mm-hmm. to, uh, to Connor. Right. And he has a great entrance mm-hmm. by jumping a wet stallion over two people having sex in the Highlands. <laughs> God. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I honestly don't know what to say. I'm not um, not selling this well, am I? <laughs> no, it sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Right. But it's great fun. Okay. Um, uh, it's quite beautiful in a hilariously 80s way. Right. Uh, it looks great for a movie that was made in 1985. Okay. Um, uh, it's directed by a music video director. Right. Uh, Russell Mulcahy. What did I write mm. down? I wrote down some stuff that he directed. He is directed, he's Australian, he's directed videos for um, Duran Duran. So mm. think of any big Duran Duran song. Okay. He directed the video. Right. He directed uh, Buggles' Video Killed the Radio Star, the first video uh, ever shown on MTV. MTV yeah. He's directed for Elton John, Ultravox, Spandau Ballet. He directed the Total Eclipse of the Heart video. Really? He's directed oh, okay. for Def Leppard, I'm Rod sold Stewart, ACDC, <laughs> Billy Joel, Fleetwood Mac. And yeah. he directed the documentary Derek and Clive Get the Horn. Oh, really? Yes. I've seen that. There you go. Um, Have you... Is yes. that part of the documentary? I'm trying to think because they did a... They did a, sh- they did a, a re- just a recording of that. And I think there is a, there is a documentary as well. Have you mm. ever seen that? No. Right. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, seriously, because we we wouldn't be able to talk about it. We wouldn't <laughs> okay, be able to fine. repeat anything. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So it look it looks slick and eighties, right. and there's the bad special effects that go with it. Um, there's some very pretty swords. Um, there's some really great transitions between scenes actually, right. because okay. you jump back from the main story, which is the gathering in, in New, New York, York right. back to points in Connor's life through the ages. Oh, okay. So you get to see him in 16th century Scotland. You get to see him in World War Two, oh, and okay. that kind of thing. That's where, a, where I must have assumed the time travel happened. Yeah. Um, uh, it's full of comedy. Intentional. Christopher Lambert Scottish accent. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, he learned to speak English for this film, pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's... Some high comedy there. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just cheesy, ridiculous 80s fun. Brilliant. It's, um, it sounds like the perfect counterpart to a documentary yeah. about a recently I it, deceased dictator. I think uh, it probably is. Uh, dictator. On Netflix are, is what in America was called the director's cut. Right. And what over here we called Highlander. Right. <laughs> Fine. Because <laughs> for some reason the US chopped about 10 minutes out of it. How weird. For no reason. Um, Perhaps it was the MPAA. Yeah. Technically, this movie mm. was a flop in the cinema. Right, uh, it didn't make anywhere was this close one of to like its budget. The, the, the first to kind of do massively well on home video. It did so well on video. It spawned Highlander two, mm. two versions of right Highlander three, which is essentially a copy of the first movie. Right, Highlander Endgame. Yeah, uh, the Source, which is a, a straight to TV movie. Six years of a massively popular TV show. Really? Oh. Yeah, uh, a spin off from that TV show. Right. Which had its own, like one season on its own, yeah. an animated series, mm. an animated prequel movie to that animated series, right. a standalone anime film, 10 novels, two comics, a card game, two video games, ZX Spectrum and Atari Jaguar CD, right. two cancelled video games, and is uh-huh. bumming around Hollywood for a remake. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it, this one throwaway film spawned a massive, massive franchise. That's crazy. Yeah. It's quite insane. Mm. Um, yeah, what else can I tell you? It's <laughs> no. dudes cutting each other's heads off, right. uh, and it's soundtracked almost entirely by ridiculous '80s Queen songs. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> um, uh. Now I've sold that badly. Yeah. Um, 
Should we move on and do plugs and thanks? Actually, before we do plugs and thanks, there's two things right. I should say. Um, not movie related, okay. but um, if you're in the UK, start watching Parks and Recreation on BBC Four. Right. Uh, finally, five years too late, yeah. uh, the BBC has it. Uh, it started this week mm. as of our recording. Yeah. And they're starting from the very beginning. The first season is only six episodes. Uh, and it's a bit shaky to start with. And then from season two, it really picks up. And it's become right. one of my favorite shows. Right. Uh, it's just full of excellent characters. And it was really, really funny. Yeah, I've seen the little uh, promos. They've been doing it from BBC mm. Four or whatever it is. BBC Two. BBC Four. BBC Four. And uh, yeah, no, I, I keep, it's one of those shows I keep meaning to watch. I'm going around to it. So I'm sure we'll start it's watching on, it. It's uh, on... Be on iPlayer and stuff. You have Netflix. US Netflix. Yeah. 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 Uh, US Netflix has the first four seasons. They're right. currently in the US showing... Season five. The season five, which is the last one. Right. Are they not going to do any more? I don't believe so. Mm. Uh, and I'm caught up entirely with the US. Right. Uh, and it's one. It's a show that gets better and better as it goes on mm-hmm. because the writers start writing more for the actors. Right. And everything just kind of fits together. Yeah. And everybody gets more comfortable in their roles. Yeah. Uh, and some of the characters are just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson will be your new hero. All right, <laughs> fine. Um. The other thing is, I've finally done something with the blog. <laughs> uh, I was so <laughs> I was so pleased I blogged about it. Yeah. Um, if you now go on our blog, uh, we have an episode archive, mm-hmm. uh, two pages off. This show will start the third page. Um, you can look through the episodes, 1 to 25 and 26 to 50, mm-hmm. and then I'll do 51 onwards yeah. on the third page. Uh, there's also an A to Z of the films we've covered. Yeah, that's really useful, actually. Um, Mostly for us. Yeah, no, because I was looking at things, because I was watching, uh, well, I said you uh, just before we started, I uh, started watching Westworld, and then I ca- it was convinced we'd had a conversation about it. No. And, and no, we haven't, because nope. it's not on the list. So it's I was not like, fine, that'll nope. go on the list. No, no, every film we've, uh, every film we've uh, reviewed on the show, Yeah. Um, we... Uh... My brain shut down <laughs> What again? happened there? You just stopped. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. Help me. <laughs> Let me out. You were like in mid-sentence. Oh, God. You just stopped. Oh, God. This <laughs> <laughs> is not like, one of our better like, shows. No, you're like when your like battery ran out or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need recharging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can scroll <laughs> through an alphabetical list of the films. Uh, and if you click on the film title, that will take you to the episode we reviewed oh, cool. it in. That's awesome. Um, and if you want to hear the pitch, just go back one, one episode. episode yeah. yeah, there we go. Right. We really need to get out of here. So <laughs> yeah. we're on Twitter, at yeah. HYS Podcast. So if you want to get involved with this nonsense, you can send us 140 characters. Yeah. Um, of something. <laughs> yeah, just send anything. God. You might have to do the next one by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> We're on that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. Facebook. <laughs> Are you actually having a mental breakdown? Because <laughs> that's what it looks like from over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> We've essentially. Oh, God. We've essentially made a 45 minute outtake. <laughs> Facebook.com slash have you seen podcast uh, if you have any medical tips for me to get <laughs> yeah. this uh, mental issue I'm having. The aforementioned blog is uh, have you seen.net where you can find all the episodes now in a yeah. handy order. <laughs> and finally, the email address for any doctors to write to is podcast at have you seen. I might be crying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I think it's because I have my ginger beer too late. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to you got to time it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Just kill me. Um, the email address. <laughs> It's not that funny. It's just an email address. All right. You do it. All right. Where are we up to? Email address. Okay. (laughs) So the email address is podcast at haveyouseen.net. And as always, we have to thank uh, Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio and the amazing... Which is warm but messy. Yeah. The amazing Alexia man for all of the wonderful work he does for us. Um, I think if anything, that little (laughs) section is a good... Reason for us to pre-record that? <laughs> yeah, I think edit, so. I'll just edit it on the end each week. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, maybe we should. So I guess next week we're going to be um, looking at we'll go from the Highlands of Scotland to, to the, New York City to the South America. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, there'll be lots of heads being cut off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think because <laughs> I imagine Hugo's ordered one or two. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to. Yeah, look, this is the this is the big debate that's going to be going on over the next couple of weeks. Was he a good guy or a bad guy? Uh huh. So that's what we're going to see if we can figure out next week. Okay. Well, uh, we'll among be. amongst the. <laughs> the kind of Frenchman pretending to be a Scotsman, the Scotsman pretending to be an Egyptian, <laughs> yeah, and everyone wielding swords at each other. Pretty Brilliant. much. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I need to go and have a lie down. <laughs> yeah, I think you do as uh, well. So we'll um, see you next week for more nonsense. Bye. Bye. No idea what happened. <laughs> I've no idea what happened. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs>